Welcome back for episode two, fans. This is Psychic Medium Angelo, and I want to tell you what. It's been a banner week in wrestling, and uh, as always, I have my co-host, the man all things wrestling and sports entertainment, Jeff the Ref Robinson. Jeff, how you doing, brother? Hey, I am doing wonderful. It is great to be here on our second week, and um, what an amazing week that we just came off of as far as being a professional wrestling fan and well i was just gonna tell you ref you must be like a pig in shit <laughs> i'll tell you I, I i went to i went back to my first show with my home promotion here vanguard championship wrestling let me give them a quick plug vcw-wrestling.com um <laughs> they are my absolutely home and um we you know i i went there saturday and i was talking to one of the guys who I'd actually kind of got started in the business with, and me and him, we were talking, and we said it felt great to be in the business and, I mean, rejuvenated again almost because it was just an amazing week overall. You know, last by, by last Wednesday, I mean, I could hardly contain myself come 8 o'clock in uh, Eastern time. I mean, it was just... I was back in 1997 and, and flipping channels all over again. You know, it was 20 years yeah. ago for me. Well, we, you know, uh, when last we spoke, uh, we were talking about, um, it, well, actually, we were just segueing into the uh, the start of AEW, because we yes. recorded on Tuesday evening, yep. and uh, on Wednesday evening, AEW debuted on national television. They premiered. No, and, they premiered uh, on so TV. let's, let's uh, I'll tell you what, why don't we start from the beginning and let's start with last Wednesday and uh, fill me in what happened this week in the world of pro wrestling. Well, I mean, first of all, we had the premiere of Raw, Monday Night Raw, which uh, you actually saw Jerry Lawler making his return back to Monday Night Raw, which was significant. He hadn't been seen in probably three years, two to three years with Michael Cole even. So to see him back behind the mic, that was really good. You added in two new faces. Um, one of them had been with 205 Live. And, you know, uh, w, I mean, they, they got a brand new stage and with the LED lights and the fire, the pyro, the whole kit and caboodle. And you open up the program with Brock Lesnar destroying Ray Jr. and his son. I mean, right. you talk about a welcome to the business kid. That kid got one. And yeah. uh, <laughs> in a huge, huge way. So uh, that, that was Monday night. And then we segue over into... Tuesday, AEW did have a, a little bit of a, a... Well, now, hold on, hold on there, young man. Hold on there. <laughs> because now, because I have a question for you. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, shoot. You, you're, you seem to be omitting one little aspect of Monday night that did not go unnoticed by me. Was that... And that is the appearance of Cain Velasquez. Ah, but that wasn't on Monday. That was on Friday night. Oh, that was Friday. Okay. Yeah, I stand yeah. corrected. All right, I'll say, shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, this, another significance of Monday night was um, Ms. TV brought out Hogan, brought out Flair. I, 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 I am probably the biggest Flair fan that there is out there. I mean, or one of, I consider myself. Right. But to watch that man, I don't know if he was going off the rails, if he had had a couple of drink in the back. 
I, I mean, he looked like he was ready. I mean, he looked like he was about ready to challenge Flair right there on the or Hogan on the spot. And it was just to set up for the two of them to have a five on five with them basically captaining uh, the match over right. in Saudi Arabia. But I mean, Flair's all but, you know, like getting right, I mean, right into gimmick, right into character. And it was like, okay, you're 70, Rick. <laughs> there comes a time where you just got to calm it down, buddy. We get it. Yeah. But, um, so, uh, you know, Tuesday, I'll say AEW did their credit. They had a uh, kind of an introduction to what they were um, right, with Tony right. Schiavone. And then Wednesday night opened up 8, 8 p.m. was the start of something brand new, and it was called AEW, which now, is always wrestling. For, for those people that might be new, yeah. explain to everybody what AEW is. What, what does those acronyms stand for, and who's behind it? Okay, AEW is it stands for All Elite Wrestling, and Tony Khan, who is the son, I do not know the guy's name, but he is the son of the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. His name is Shahid Khan. Okay, thank you very much. And uh, needless to say, they are worth billions of dollars. They have the money in the bank account to challenge Vince McMahon on a big, big level. Yeah. Um, Tony Khan grew up a wrestling fan during the Attitude Era, during the ECW era. I mean, as, uh, you know, I, I heard Conrad Thompson was making a comparison and he said, Tony Khan for his, you know, graduate, or he had done something that his dad was giving him, you know, credit for. And he said, what do you, you know, you can have anything, what do you want to go do? And his son said, I want to go to the ECW arena and to go watch a wrestling show. He actually went to the, ECW November to Dismember yep. at the Lulu Temple outside of Philadelphia. Yes, yes. And he grew up a fan of ECW and a fan of the Attitude Era and a fan of the Nitro, the, the war. And he is young. He's in his, if I'm not mistaken, only in his 30s. And he is... He's 35. 30, okay. I mean... He is, I mean, he is just, as they would say, he's full of piss and vinegar and ready to go take the, the world by the balls. It and looks the, like he's done a pretty damn good job. <laughs> I, well, I mean, you know, how this even kind of got started was somebody. Can, can I, Jeff, let me, let me stop you. You know what I heard? What's that? I heard this all got started, believe it or not, from a fan. It did. That's what I was getting ready to get. Is that story true? The, so the story goes. and it can. It, yes, okay, tell Tony, the story. Okay, Tony Khan had the vision of having a wrestling promotion even three or four years ago. He just didn't know who was going to be the players. He just wanted to start one. Okay. Keep that in mind. That's, that's kind of like laying the background of who wanted to put the money behind it all. Okay. A fan tweeted out to Dave Meltzer, did he think that ROH with Cody and the Young Bucks and the various ones, could they ever sell out a 10,000-seat arena? That's the story I heard. And Dave, and Dave Meltzer came back with, at this time, no. Cody, being the son of Dusty Rhodes, said, Challenge accepted. 
Exactly. <laughs> he took it as a personal challenge. He did. For no other reason than he said, let me see if me and my friends can put together a wrestling event for the wrestling fans and have matches that they want to see, have it be an independent show. And sell out a 10,000 seat building. see if they could sell out a 10,000 seat arena. Yeah. They weren't even known as AEW yet. They weren't even all elite. They were just, it was Cody, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, with the blessing of Chris Jericho being a part of it as well. Yes. And they said, let's get together with, you know, who's the hottest on the indies right now, who's the hottest, you know, international that we can get. Right. Let's let's design a pay-per-view and let's see what happens. Okay. They announce it that, hey, this is where we're going to be. We're going to be in Chicago. They didn't even announce the arena. They just said, we're going to go to Chicago. Then they announced the arena. Next thing you know, as soon as they said tickets on sale for this event, they sold out in less than 30 minutes. I, I heard that. Now, let's talk about from the time the tickets go on sale to the time of the event. How much time did they allot for themselves? Um, I, I want to say two or three months. Okay. Cody legit said he did not think that they would sell out as quick. He said he thought they would sell out, but not as quick as they did. He I, I've they, actually heard him say that. And and he said he figured it would come more with the announcement of the matches that they would have coming up. And then people going, oh, okay, I want to see that. Therefore, you know, go and buy it in a ticket. Right. Or whatever. Now, the interesting thing, and Jeff, I want your your insight into this, because like I, I introduced you, you are the, the, the guru of all things wrestling and sports entertainment. So here's my question to you. A 10,000-seat building, that's a lot of seats to fill. It is. That's a lot of tickets to sell. It is. Now, because of the financials attached to that, Nobody just volunteers the building. You have to pay for the building. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, so here's, here's my question then. Knowing that basically for all intents and purposes, and please correct me if you think I'm wrong, but the only name that I heard about being on the show may have been Chris Jericho, who did show up, but... Um, unannounced and under a hood yeah or, or as it's in the wrestling business under a hood which means he was wearing a mask yep um, okay so now tell me how an independent promotion with no discernible national name other than cody rhodes fills up a ten thousand seat building in chicago because the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega had enough international and internet wrestling fan-wise appeal. Okay. And they basically, they drove the whole campaign of being, it's us against them, meaning the independent wrestling community along with the internet wrestling fans, the quote-unquote smart fans. Right, being the ones against the WWE and the establishment. Okay. And let's give them the middle finger and show them what we're all about. So and they are the rebels, the outlaws. 
It was. And it was a challenge because Cody basically was saying to the fans, we believe that there is somebody out there that wants to see what we have to offer in our kind of wrestling. Right. But we don't, I mean, he didn't know for sure that they were going to sell it out. He just knew, he figured he could do it. He did not know for sure. He's like his daddy. He had a vision of that he could do it. Now, let me ask you a question. The fact that they sold out 13 minutes every ticket that went on sale, as a diehard wrestling fan, and I presume a WWE fan at that, although I, I know you watch everything, but let's let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm a WWE loyalist now. I mean, I, 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 I would say a Crockett fan first and foremost, but a WWE to a point loyalist. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so now Cody seeing this must have been extraordinarily grateful. Oh, he, he was more than grateful. I mean, when they, when they saw the numbers and they sold out that quick, he himself could not believe that they were able to do it. Now, has, as a WWE loyalist, what does that tell you being the super fan you are? Okay. To me, it said this. The WWE needs to change their product around to gear okay. more towards what the fans of today are asking for. Now, does WWE, however, however, does WWE have something in their genre of what they offer for the fans? Do they have that? They do. Oh, it's called sure. NXT. It's also called 205 Live. However, they have mm. never really bothered to promote said product until now. Now, granted, if you're going to believe Triple H, he said they've been waiting the last two years to get them on the USA Network NXT. I call bullshit. I do, too. And here's why. <laughs> Let me tell you why Triple H said that. What else can he say? Oh, yeah. No, he doesn't. He doesn't want to say. AEW is nipping at our heels, and this is all we got to offer them back. But you know what, Jeff? And, and again, and I have to be quite candid about this. If I'm Triple H, if I want people over to my camp, rather than bullshit the fan base, yeah. why not just be honest and say we're being chased and we can either run away or run toward. And, and here's the thing. And if you run toward, what happens? You have a fight, don't you? You do. And, and, and well, here's the thing, though. Triple H has already been in this war once. Oh, yeah. And he's ready to do it again. Except for this is this time it's him fighting the war as the executive, not Vince. I promise you, I will bet Vince is stepping back and letting this be Triple H's NXT against AEW. Now, is will Vince step in when necessary? Well, there's well that's my question for you, my dear friend. Well, hold up. I was going to say this. There's a reason why Finn Balor showed up on NXT on Wednesday night. Explain why, because I still don't understand. Okay. When Finn Balor was in NXT, he was the shit. He was their main man. He was their champ. The fans loved him. He gets called up to the main roster. Now that people have seen him on the main roster, 
certain fans that get used to seeing him, they're like, ah, I kind of dig that guy. Now all of a sudden he shows back up on Wednesdays. You're going to tune in on Wednesdays now to see Finn Balor and who he's going to face. But they did that because it was saying to AEW, any one of our main roster guys that we want to pull down here, we we can and we will. Right. You know, so you guys can go suck a big one because if we want to bring John Cena in, we damn sure will. I That's mean, honestly, the first that was... time the first time on my podcast someone has said suck a big one. <laughs> <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> I mean, you know me, but uh I do. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, if anybody would feel free to sponsor us in a cigarette sponsorship, we'll be more than willing to take it. I'd love um, that sponsor as a sponsor. <laughs> But, uh, you know, hey, I'm kidding, half kidding, but anyway. I'm not a, uh, there's a shop out there that wants to sponsor us. Please let me know. Mm-hmm. Trust me, uh, we will be more willing to, to have you sponsor our show. Now, now let me ask you a question about Vince McMahon. Yeah, go ahead. I had the chance to meet him a couple of times. Yep. Okay. Uh, me meeting him is very different, of course, than working for him. And, of course, I met him when he was probably 35, 36 years old, which is, I think he's now 74. So it was a long time ago. Yeah, he's getting up there. Okay. Do you think, and just be honest with me, do you think that he has the wherewithal to step back, or can he not control himself? I think that he's got enough people around him now and I think with the XFL starting up that he will step back but that's not to say that he isn't going to give Triple H ideas of hey back in the 80s I handled it this way I handled shit this way I handled shit this way right and and to go from there now what I will say AEW came out swinging as well last Wednesday. I mean, they opened up Cody Rose, Sammy Guevara, and, and a match that just, I mean, blew the roof off the joint just from the get-go. I was quite impressed by Sammy Guevara. I, I was too, and I've never seen the guy wrestle a day in my life. But my um, friend, never heard of him before Wednesday night. Uh-uh. But he's a young guy. He, he, he looks like maybe 18 years old. He And they said he's, what, 23, 24? Yeah, I was going to say, he, he has to be, he's a kid. I, I mean, he, he's young and dumb and, I mean, just ready to go, you know, so, um, and he looked great. And, and then, but the NXT's credit, NXT said, screw you guys, we're going to go commercial free for our, for our opening. And they had Adam Cole and Matt Riddle in, in a match that you, you, you couldn't really compare the two right. matches. Because they both were show stealers. They both went out and accomplished what they wanted, which what they were meant to do, which was you grip our audience and you try to hold them here without wanting to flip that channel. Yeah. So. See what though, Jeff? Um, if it, it, and, I, and I like to hear your opinion on this, but uh, Adam Hangman Page, to me, he's like the next. 
if if you want to say he's like the next somebody, he's like the next Jerry. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. I I I mean, I heard comparisons, but and I I kind of I got to agree. Hangman Page is a little bit like a young Barry Windham. Right. Very fluid in his moves. Very good. Very. I mean, just goes in there and he delivers. And I you have it, comparison. That would be a good. The best comparison I could say is is Hangman Page and Barry Barry Windham, a young Barry. Yeah. Um. But Hangman Page matched up well with with the guy they call Pac. Who was the former Neville from in, uh, Is that what was the Neville? Yeah, yeah. He was Neville in okay. WWE. I wasn't sure if I had his name right. Mm-hmm. And then they had the uh I, I gotta give I gotta give NXT credit on this one. The women for the title match needed the women. Um, Shayna Baszler and Candice LeRae, in my opinion, as far as like the women matchup, if you were to compare the two, they were kind of a little bit hands up, a little bit better than Nyla Rose, and, and uh, I can't even tell you who the young lady was that she faced. I can't pronounce her name, and I apologize. Her name is a Japanese girl named Riho. Okay, okay, thank you for that one. I appreciate that one, Angela. Um, she, uh... I mean, talented little girl. Uh, Rio is very, very talented. However, that matchup between her and Nyla Rose just did not look natural, in my opinion. It it, it looked artificial. It did because Nyla at, at Nyla's size, Nyla should have gobbled her up and beat her hand. I mean, just laid her out and done. One, two, three. Awesome Kong come marching down and go. You know what? How about you meet somebody who's your size? Whatever. But hey. You know, Jeff, if, if I might add, it looked like they were playing the David versus Goliath role. Oh, you know, yeah. the awesome giant versus the little underdog. Yeah. And it did, and you're right, it did not come off natural. Uh, but, you know, you're mentioning the, the women. And now there's a very interesting dynamic taking place. Because far more women are involved now than previous years. Yep. And the spotlight on them is bright. Huge. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, tie into the women of NXT. And then if you if you want to, and I'll sit back and listen to your analysis, uh, tie into the comparison into the women of AEW and for that matter, the women on the main roster in WWE. Wow. Okay. Um, I know I gave you a lot there, but... You did. You gave me a lot to, 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 to soak in. I well, say so this. you can handle it, dude. <laughs> uh, the, the women of NXT, you got Shayna Baszler, Mia Yum. Mia Yum was uh, trained by actually one of our local guys here, Phil Brown. Um, he was one of her initial trainers here. She got her her, tra her initial training in Newport News in Virginia. So okay. um, she kind of has a tie to our, our promotion, VCW, which we take pride in. <laughs> um, but you got Shayna Baszler and Mia Yum, and then Io Shirai, and, and then you got Baszler with the girls that she's running with the, the four horse women of MMA. And, and the women down there, I, I mean, the, 
they are no longer about the TNA show. They're no longer about hair pulling and snap mares by your hair. They're out there delivering moves that the men do, if not even sometimes better. And I mean, where I, I can say this women back in the day used to say, okay, time for a bathroom break, time for a popcorn break, whatever you wanted to say. Right. Now people are tuning in to watch them. That's exactly where I was leading. I was hoping you go there, and you did. And they're not to, leaving their seats now. No, they're not. And I can say this: compared to AEW, you can't. The, the women over there are just as talented because some of them have actually competed in the WWE when they had what they call the May Young Classic. And right. It's it's now it's just another area for these women to perform. I will say this. I'm not going to get into one way or the other, and I don't because this is not for me and you to tackle. Nyla Rose being the first transgender female to compete in wrestling. Right. Hey, God bless AEW for being willing to open that door and, and, and take that chance and willing willing to take that chance. Right. Because that's taking a huge chance. You you could have had backlash from that that could have been ugly. And think Well, in, in fairness though, and you're absolutely right. It's a it's a huge chance to take. But in comparison, WWE has had openly gay men wrestle for decades. They have. And and what well, what I was gonna say though. To, to AEW's credit, they did not come right out and say, oh, we're the first to have a transgender. They didn't make a big deal out of it. Well, and what they did, yeah, what, what they did was, and I think it was a brilliant, brilliant move, was they let Nyla herself handle it. Yes. Yep. And, and that was to their credit. Yeah, absolutely. So, um... That that I mean honestly I I mean to compare NXT and and the AEW roster women is not even really a fair comparison right now because AEW is just getting out of starting block. Right. However, they do I will say this the women I have seen compete. I mean they're right there on the same level. I mean now I'm not taking away from Nyla because Nyla is very talented, but Nyla is also very green compared to a lot of what you see wrestling these days some of these girls have legit been going 10 to 15 years that are finally getting noticed right and you know they 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 deserve it they deserve every moment now you ask me to compare to the main roster and my personal opinion this isn't because i'm you know her dad's my favorite wrestler but charlotte flair is hands down the most athletic female that they have no question i mean Mm-hmm. She, she does things in there that a lot of women her size should not be doing. I mean, when you're when you're doing moon salts from the top, you're crazy, you know. And, and yeah, she can go out there and deliver a promo. She's got the looks. She's got the look. And Charlotte is handling her business. Sasha Banks is right. finally starting. They're letting Sasha be Sasha, who Sasha right. was down at NXT. They're letting her be that girl again. They're trying something new with Bailey because Bailey had started to kind of sour 
with the fans. They were getting tired of her wanting to come out and do the hugging routine. And, oh, right. so, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, even, even I thought to myself, boy, this is really schmaltzy. Yeah, I mean. This is, it's very juvenile. It is. And the fans, they were just like, I mean, you turn her heel and, and her basically giving the finger to the fans. Awesome. It was great. And she it. got a huge pop because of it. You know, now, that goes to what me and you have already talked about earlier. Actually, I'll even say this. You heard it during Ray Jr. when Ray Jr.'s kid got snatched up. Crowd right. pop. Uh, you know, I'm going to fast forward here to Friday night. Kofi Kingston matching up against Brock Lesnar. I'm, I, the one even a match. I mean, he, he gobbled him up in nine seconds. I heard it was under 10 seconds, yeah. I, I mean, now I get it. They set up for Kane Velasquez to come down and be the big savior. And tell everybody who Kane Velasquez is. He's from the UFC, and he's actually one of the only men to defeat uh, and Brock Lesnar, a true defeat in the UFC. Right. And therefore... That's why Brock was able to, you know, holy shit, you know, like. He's uh, a know, former and, UFC heavyweight champion. And, and here's the deal. People have come down and they've said, oh, Kofi got done dirty. Kofi got cheated. You know, Kofi should have looked better. You cannot have Brock be in your established beast and have him facing somebody who is all of maybe 215 pounds and putting on a stellar match. Granted, Brock could do it, but not when you're brand new out of the blocks and you're with a new station and everything. You're gonna you're wanting him to look like a monster, and as I say, you want him to look like a true pro wrestler. The fact that WWE is on Fox is huge. That is mega, mega huge. A lot oh. of people don't know the significance of that. Well, and that, that that's a very good point, and this is a great segue into it. Because it's the first time, I believe, in over 20 years since, actually since um, Saturday night's main event, which was on network television on NBC. But this is actually the first time they've said in almost 70 years that wrestling will be seen on a weekly basis on network TV. Since the 1950s, yes. Yeah. So, so here's, here's my question. Filled, Saturday Night's main event with filled in for uh, Saturday Night Live, uh, you know, what, every four months or so? That was big. This is huge. Okay, so Brock comes out and he squashes Kofi in under 10 seconds. And he's, he's the monster. Right. Why then does the WWE risk having him look like a coward in front of Cain Velasquez? Because he openly, visibly cowered in front of the man. Mm, because. Showed fear. Because he can be a beast on your roster. However, this new guy who actually the quote-unquote real world of UFC, the real UFC would know 
Right, Kane real fight. Mount Kane holds a win over him, and therefore Brock should be showing. Okay, if there's anybody who's going to get the job done on me, it could be this dude. Right. Okay. I, I may be able to. I may be able to maul poor little Kofi Kingston. I may have been able to, you know, dissipate Ray Jr. and his son. However, this dude, he's made me tap. That's a, that's a very good observation. I'm I'm glad that you you made me see the other side of that coin. Because, you know, you you think about it. If you were to ever, I don't know. I mean, let's just say you had somebody that you were. In, in school with that you you and you know this person may have already gotten into one fight and then y'all getting another and he let's just say he whooped your ass that second time that third time that y'all may square up you're gonna show a little bit of hold up i i respect the fact you knocked my ass out that you know that second time yeah. so <laughs> you know you gotta at least show him that respect of of a little bit of fear because have rock been like bouncing back and forth and going come on come on you want Brock to be main, get back his heel heat. So you punk him down a little bit. You make him look like he's scared. Okay. And, and but see, that's why you're here. That, that, <laughs> to, to, well, no, it's the truth because I didn't see that side of it. I, I try to see the smaller side of, of a few things that... uh. And, and, and brighten your eyes. <laughs> well, see, for people watching this, you know, I'm a casual fan. I, yep. I, I, I flip channels, I watch for a little bit, and then I, I turn away. You have five televisions going. <laughs> <laughs> All with wrestling. <laughs> and my computer, too. My computer has YouTube with wrestling on it as well, right? I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do, but that's the difference between the super fan and the casual fan. But now, tying into that, yeah, and you and I have had this private conversation. Will the casual fan come back? I believe. I I really believe with all elite being like it is. I think that they may be able to pull in that casual fan again. I okay. Think, now, I think, I, hang on, hang on. Yeah. I think with WWE now being on Fox. Okay. And being seen on a nation. This is a nationwide. This is the big. You don't get any bigger than being on public TV, basically. This ain't right. cable, Jack. This is everybody and their mama, if you got an antenna, even yeah. picking it up. Exactly. So. I think with that, you're going to see a huge resurgence soon of the wrestling fan coming back okay. and even being the casual fan. Because if I'm if I'm flipping through and I got my little eight-year-old son, we'll just say, not that I have an eight-year-old, but we'll just say I got my, you know, or my eight-year-old nephew, whatever, with me. And I'm flipping through on, on a Wednesday right. and I stop upon... AEW, and I may stop because I hear Jim Ross's voice. I may stop because I hear Tony Schiavone's voice. Right, it's familiar. Okay, so now I stop and I go, "What in the hell? These dudes are nuts!" But damn, this ain't this ain't the wrestling I was used to watching. But right, what? holy cow, they're they're man, look at what they're doing. Right, and I may tune in, 
And then right. I'm flipping through, flipping through, flipping through. WWE's got something new. What, what, what is this? Right. And you stop on NXT. Now, Jeff, does wrestling even need the casual fan now? There's such... It seems like I'm going to use this this term, and, and I'm sure other people have used it too, but they seem to have, each group seems to have their own niche market. Um, do, do they need the casual fan? If they want to see their numbers back up to once, what they once were, they do. Let's if talk about numbers, because you, you brought up a good point when, when you and I had a private conversation. Um, four, four and a half million people watched AEW's national debut yep. on Turner Broadcasting. Yeah. Okay? A million two watched SmackDown. Under a million watched NXT. Okay. Explain those numbers. What do they mean and why are they important? Well, AEWs are, are really important because that is what they came out of the starting gate with. And now, it'll be interesting to see where they are in week two, three, and four. Because, of course, their first week out, you got, you got people wanting to watch them just to see, is this going to be a train wreck? What's going to happen? And, good point. And That's a very good point. To me, they did everything they could to maintain that viewership over into next week, or they should have. Right. And, I mean, as far as, like, the storylines and everything. So, um, NXT, unfortunately, doesn't really have those gripping storylines as much as it is just matches. Right. You may want to tune into. Now, for AEW to come out swinging like they did and almost doubling half, like, one... They got a 1.6 versus 800,000. That's almost 16 million viewers you're talking about, or, or 1.6, meaning they almost got half of over half of the viewership of what NXT. But right. people can go back and watch NXT on the network if they have it, if they buy it. Most of fans are going to, a lot of fans are going to have bought it or will buy it so they can go back and watch it. So, Jeff. That that's a question, and I don't think I've ever asked you this question. And it's a it's an interesting question. I just thought of it. Will the network hurt the television? And if so, why? And if not, why not? Oh, I think right. I think that they will hurt their NXT viewership. Okay, um, let's, go, let's go through that. Walk me through that. Okay, because the NXT, me as a viewer, if I know you take that weekly. And I know that after Wednesday night on Thursday or Friday, I can turn around and watch it. I'm going to watch AEW live. And then I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch that on Thursday or Friday. Okay. And therefore, you're take, if you're looking, if you're looking for, which at this point in time, you are going to be looking for people wanting to buy commercials and, and commercial sponsorships. Right. So, you're not going to get the big advertisers that you could if your numbers were higher. For AEW, if they're hitting at a 1.6 or a 2.0 or a right. 2.5, and NXT is only getting 800,000, and yeah. Snickers, let's just say Snickers, Snickers looks at that, they're going to go, 
I want to go where everybody's watching right now. Yeah. I want to go where the hot shit is, and they're going to go to AEW. And and therefore, they're going to NXT and Roundabout Way, WWE with the network are going to hurt their own product of NXT. That's just my opinion. Someone said that they could see a possible return to the traditional pay-per-view model where you pay $29.95 or, okay, you're shaking your head affirmatively, which means that you've either heard the same thing I heard or you agree with that. So I agree. I, I've heard it, but AEW is already on pay-per-view. Okay, there we go. You have other promotions. You got little little promotions of uh, MLW, which is one that's on YouTube right now. You right. got NWA, which just premiered tonight on YouTube again. Um, there are a lot of them are using YouTube as a platform to get out there, get seen, get heard, and which you know that's awesome. And then what they're doing is you now you don't have your traditional pay per view of. Let me call into my cable company and order it for forty nine ninety nine. Right. Yeah, they they got streaming pay per view networks like the Fight Network and the different ones, where they go. You know what? Are you willing to put me up there for nine ninety nine? Right. And then they go, sure. So they throw it, your. It seems like the um, the app platform. Yes. Uh, it seems to be the the way like you know the Fight app. Yes. Uh, and the uh, 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 Conan and, um, and Lucha Libre, AAA, has a, uh, uh, an app uh, platform. New Japan does. Yes. Um, yes. They, is, they, that the, is that the new pay-per-view, the is, app platform? Your new pay-per-view platform are the apps. Okay. Whereas, whereas again, AEW... They are using some of the apps, but they're also going traditional pay-per-view on your TV for 50 bucks. Right. You, you can watch their pay-per-view. I mean, Tony Khan is smart in that aspect because he's gathering up every dollar out there possible. Yes. And, and I'll say this. Tony Khan is smart because he hooked up with a very smart young man by the name of Conrad Thompson. Yes. They are not business partners per se but he's a very wealthy man uh yeah conrad is so is is tony but it's you know you got i mean let's face it conrad has the hottest podcast out there right now i mean he's he has all the podcasts <laughs> he does i mean as they call him the pod father for a reason because is is he he just anyway conrad's conrad and and you know, maybe uh, by StarCast 10, we'll be there for that one or something, doing our, our own little uh, podcast as part of the event. But uh, <laughs> From your mouth to God's ears. There you go. Um, but anyway, no, what, uh, one thing I would like to hit upon is, and me and you talked about it earlier, fans of today. Yes. I don't think fans of today... And I don't mean this in a bad way towards them, but I don't think that they know how to be a fan anymore. They don't know how to sit back and yay and boo. Right. And here's why, this is why we were talking about it. 
we were talking, me and you were talking about Sunday's Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, which you yourself admitted you did not see. Right. However, they did the most screwy finish possible for a character who they don't want to kill off in Bray Wyatt. Right. And they did the most screwball finish that they could because they had a guy in there with him that didn't know how to pull off what they were trying, the story they were trying to tell. And, and, and I don't, I, and I, I still can't wrap my head around it. You spend three months, four months building this fiend character yep. through Bray Wyatt. Yep. Uh, and then you get him ready for the, possibly the his biggest pay-per-view to date and it's a clusterfuck i mean they were trying to get him over as being what, tell next. everybody what the hell happened Let, let's just go through it from the top to, I mean, top okay, to finish from, from top top to bottom i mean first of all they had it the match was being 